Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business so you can achieve your vision. And today, Kasim, we're doing yet another show with Lauren. We just can't get rid of her. She just keeps coming back with sort of kind of smart stuff to regale us with. Regale is a strong so word. you've been resisting it. Yeah. You don't want her back on. I no, don't want I'm her very, back on because I missed the last yeah, we're very anti-Petrullo. Yeah. yeah. Say no Especially. to Petrullo 2024. Say, say no. You know, when we start promoting TNC, I'm just going to use the windblown picture of Lauren Petrullo, like on all my TNC promotions, by the way. You know what that is, now, right? The windblown? Well, That's her getting booed off stage. Like the boos were so loud and forceful. The boos were so loud. The yeah. hot air at TNC right. is like blowing her hair back. Yeah. We need to explain to our listeners, I was very nice to Lauren to start with. The beginning of our relationship, I was a really kind, generous, empathic person. And then she started lobbing these grenades at me on social media for no reason, inexplicably. I know. She's a grenade lobber. Yeah. She's like my oldest son. She's a rabble rouser. She stirs the pot. A bit. Stirs the, she's a pot stirrer. She's a pot stirrer. Right. What do you have to say for yourself, Lauren? I think the public has spoken and they have all acknowledged on your Twitterverse that I am funnier than you. So everything you you're saying them. is yeah, you pathetic them. attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And? At least you admit it. When was that not allowed? Well, it's allowed. It's just, it compromises the truth, Lauren. I'm just looking at statistics. And right now I am significantly Jerry winning Manor in terms statistics. of who the world thinks is funnier. Right, well, Don't we'll let see. the truth stand in the way of good engagement on socials. Is that sort of what we're talking about here? Like, yeah. Don't let the truth get in the way that. of a good story kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know what wise man said that. But anyway, I was going to ask you a question of this before we hit record, but we're actually already recording anyway. So it would have been recorded. But it's interesting to me that we're talking about spouses and your spouse is an introvert where I look at you as an extrovert. But are you really an extrovert or you just play one on perpetual traffic? I think the world wants to know this question. At least I do. I would say I'm an extrovert through and through. Through and through and through. There's no introversion at all. I mean, I'm sure everyone has a little bit inside them. But that balance between the introvert, extrovert, and the Petrula household is a good, it's a healthy balance. Because in my marriage, like I'm an introvert, extrovert. Like I can do this stuff, but then I can hide away and not talk to the public for days at a time. And my wife is the same way. So it's like our thing is like a mm. almost identical, but I always find that fascinating with, with couples. How about you, Kasim? How would you, because I've met your wife. She seems very extroverted. My wife is very extroverted. She and I are similar in this way in that there's something of a yin yang within us. So the dichotomy exists within the single unit and I can be extroverted for a period of time, but then I need to go into something of a cocoon, like you were saying. Most of my life is spent introverted. 
Like my favorite thing to do is I like being alone around people. Most people don't understand. You, you just tell me if you think about this. I like to go to a coffee shop or a bar and I sit with my stack of books and my notebook and I'll read. And then people try to talk to me. And I realize that I'm out socially. And so in theory, you're kind of inviting conversation. But what's interesting is I actually really don't want to be talked to. I want to be out. I want to be around people. Like I want to know that life exists and people have <laughs> Like I like the ambiance, but I want to be left alone yeah. within the confines of a social setting. Does that make any sense? Am I insane? It, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. It's like, I would say I'm fairly happy when me and my family are all in the room and we're not talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be around people, comforting. but I want to be left alone. Why is that so hard right. to understand? Yeah. Right. Like we're all like reading or like my kids are probably on their phone, you know, when yeah. they're home. But like I might be reading something, my wife is reading, whatever. Like it, it's cool. It's just like they're there, but we don't feel that need to engage necessarily. But silence is painful for me. Mm. So, like that void of sound, and everyone's just on their phones, maybe tap, tap, tap it away. I would you want to fill it crazy. You would be my I, nightmare to sit next to on a plane. <laughs> I, I swear, to God, I would change it. I, I have a whole thing with planes too. Like I know where I like to sit and my whole routine, and I I throw on my headphones right away, so nobody tries to talk to me. But then there's a the person. Who talks past the headphones? That's Lauren Petrullo. <laughs> who like will literally like, like lift your headphones for you? Like, what? hi, what? Yeah, quick question. Yeah, quick question. Where yeah, it's weird, man, done? because I crave, I crave the stage. I crave. I, There's just probably something broken, right? It's sad and pathetic, but I crave attention. I crave stage time. I crave stuff like this. But then, at a certain point, I reach like my cup gets full, and then I'm done. I need to stop. Right. Like we're in Mexico. Like for those three days, which are great. But the end of that, my wife is like, I know I need to leave Ralph alone. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got my fill. Like, I need alone time. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely the same way. So anyway, I don't know if this has anything to do with traffic at all. But the three of us are going to be together in a month. So like the first time Come ever, hang out with us at TNC. Yeah. 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 Tell us who's actually funnier. And see our real height, not our, our real podcast heights. height. Yeah, we're yeah, all coming the from same You height. wear like 12-inch heels. That won't be your real height. And they're all pink. I'm going to wear 12 inch I, I have shows. some other colors. I have purples and ones that mix well with pink. So TNC, we would not be doing our job contractually. I think we're all contractually obligated to promote traffic and conversion. Some yeah, of I don't read those fine print. To you. Yeah, oh. I, I just signed it. It's crazy. Oh, but I read it. I sent to the chat how much you are responsible for if you do not do your required number of promotions. Heck yeah. So Amabile, if you're listening, we are promoting traffic and conversion summit right now to hundreds of thousands of people who are going to listen to this show. Who wants to lay the goods out for TNC here? Give me the details. When well, dude, it is. I, you know, I've got a ticket. I've got one of those tickets I still haven't used. I can give away. Really, TNC should be giving us. I shouldn't have to give my ticket. TNC should be giving us a ticket to give away, given the free airtime they're getting, is my opinion. But I'll ask for that. If they don't, I'll give mine. What do we want in exchange for the ticket, though? We want a review, I imagine, right? That's the, the best, best thing. You write a review. possible review yeah. ever. So that means that anyone who's listening on whichever platform, I guess probably Apple Podcasts would be the Yeah, Apple Podcasts preferred. is the best one. Okay. But if you give us a review, we'll take everybody who puts a review in between now and what's a week before TNC. We have to give people a heads week up. Week before TNC. Well, they need to buy tickets. How about the, before yeah. the end of the year? Before December 31st. So in the new year, we fair enough. Is that your birthday? New Year's Eve. Save the best for last. It's always been a cold wow. day. It explains so much. So by 12-31-23... Yeah, and y'all, these tickets are $2,500. So this is a $2,500 ticket that we're giving away it's a big here chunk. on Perpetual Traffic. Yep. So a $2,500 ticket. Why are you giving ticket. it away? 
because they're giving us because Cossum has no friends. Because he makes all his employees pay for TNC. I make all my yeah, employees be my friends. <laughs> Sorry. Like, you hey, well, must say my, nice things to me. My kids say, Dad, you don't really have any work friends. They all just suck up to you because you pay them. So they're your paid friends, which That's is my true, biggest fear actually. in life is that I'm just Michael Scott and nobody's telling me. That's right. That's right. I feel like I am, actually. My kids actually think that the office is the way offices really operate in the real world. Anyway, that's a whole other show unto itself. It's so kind of close to the truth. It's not too far off. So yeah. you leave us a review. We will randomly pick, of course, if it's a really good one. We will probably be a little slightly biased towards that one prior to December 31st. <laughs> so hint, hint, leave a good review. And we will give you this ticket. It's worth $2,500. Now, we will not pay for airfare unless Cossum is going to pay for your airfare, too. I don't I'm think that's the I'm not paying for the airfare. Lauren will carry you there personally. Lauren will carry you there on her back. That's right. <laughs> yeah. With her 12-inch heels. In her pink heels. Yeah, pink heels. Mm. Pink heels. So it's in Las Vegas. What are, what are the deals? I won a ticket to TNC from you, Cossum. Did you really? I did. It was wow. the first was time I was ever on PT. I left a review and it was so interesting that it was read on air. And I won a ticket to TNC and that was the first African conversions I had been to. Wow. First of all, you're welcome. Second of all, never read anything more in my life. Now that I know how it's come back to haunt me, didn't realize <laughs> that I was going to be like... It helping to launch the career of my A, probable replacement, and then B, arch probable. nemesis. Yeah. Well, if you're watching this on YouTube, which I highly encourage you to do, because we're going to do a bunch of screen sharing today about lead forms and instant forms. And lead ads, instant forms, we're just going to call them magical forms. But if you're on YouTube over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, you'll actually see that Kasim is logged in today as Lauren Petrullo. So... Yeah, so he's already replaced himself as the co-host of Perpetual Traffic. So what he's saying isn't too far off base. He's already admitted it to himself, logging in as his replacement. So you got to check that out. that before we got live. I was just, just going to troll Lauren, and now here I am. So I got to say whatever I want. She's going to get canceled. That's right. Well, it's true. She's going to get canceled oh. twice. Has Lauren been taking testosterone? She sounds weird. I know. Wow. Her hair's color has changed too. Yeah. Perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. So just to be clear, you will win a Traffic and Conversion Summit ticket it's in Las Vegas on when is it? Kasim or in Lauren, or Lauren and or Lauren? Lauren and or Lauren. <laughs> Middle of January, January 9th through 11th. 9th through 11th in Las Vegas. Can we be classy Lauren and real Lauren? I don't know. I don't know which one is which. The point is, is leave a review. We will randomly pick. That is a huge value. And we will remind you every episode up until the end of December. So you've got time to be able to plan it, take time off from work, whatever you happen to be. And we will see you there you can't in sell Vegas. It. You have to go. Yeah. Well, mm. you got to go. Got to go. Yeah. You have to go. Yeah. We're going to check your name and make sure that yeah. you're actually there. Hunt you down I'll in Vegas. I'll give it to you when we get there together to know that you're going. It'll be painful because we'll have like we'll hunt you down and you'll end up having to meet us, which is terrible. That's a terrible punishment. So, all right. So, before we get into today's show talking about instant forms, lead ads, unicorn and rainbow ads, I think is what we should really call them here. Lauren, what is your AI nugget? We tend to get a lot of AI nuggets, but yours today might not be what you think it is as far as nugget goes. Lay it on the perpetual traffic listener. 
It's a requirement for any AI review or tool that you're looking to adopt. So I got this one from Damien. He's our agency strategic partner. He told me to stop doing this and it has been really helpful for my productivity. If you're evaluating AI tools, you want to put a budget of time and a budget of spend to not invest more than is necessary for a tool that's going to distract you from the actual stuff you're supposed to be doing. So for me, our rule is if you're not going to start working on it within 10 minutes of learning about it, then it gets shuffled to the bottom of the pile. And then we put together a maximum of seven days and then a maximum allowance for additional team members that can evaluate a tool before we'll bring it to a further discussion of evaluation. So the I'm playing around with air quoting, if you're on the YouTube channel, air quoting that I'm playing around with AI tools is kind of a big time waster, I have noticed. I think it's great to allocate a certain amount of time to exploring and looking at new tools, but there's one yes. coming out every three seconds, it seems like, in so our many. space, so something like that. So it's crazy in the amount of AI tools there are out there. So you're saying just be disciplined with your time and your testing budgets, make them a part of your, what, your monthly P&L? Like this is like your R&D budget kind of thing, or how would you sort of arrange that? Oh, if you're in the US, you can absolutely write it off as part of your R&D budget. I'm not a tax person, but that's where we're putting it in our budget. But we look at it in a quarterly basis. Yeah. Where we're just like, how much time did we spend? Like, like, we have a Slack channel specifically to all things AI. And then when someone introduces a new AI tool, they have 10 minutes from introduction to like, say they've actually started going into it. Cool. Love it. Yes, Love it. Can I offer my opinion on AI tools? Go for the hole, not the drill. That's the classic marketing example is if you're selling the drill, you're going to get usurped. If you're selling the hole, then you're going to be fine. So when you're looking at tools, just because there's a new shiny drill doesn't mean shit. Do you need that hole? Like, do you need the end result of whatever it is? And then that tool is going to be really functional and helpful. And I get caught on this as often as anybody else. But looking at, a, at an application, it's like, well, yeah, it's awesome. But is there a hole here that you've actually needed, will need, can find yourself needing, create a need for? And if the answer is no, pass. Because otherwise, there's way too many drills, and they're all awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's the classic shiny object syndrome. I mean, I think there's so many tools that are out there, and I think a lot, a lot of folks really have to figure out like what's the problem that this solves for me, right. <laughs> as opposed to it just being a cool Fair. thing. So, whole nut drill. Speaking of cool stuff, we're going to be getting into very cool and insightful stuff from. One, Lauren Petrullo. I'm not sure which one it is. I guess it's Lauren, not Lauren Petrullo, because Cosm is Lauren Petrullo here today. And I don't think he's going to be talking about lead ads, but Lauren will talk about lead ads and instant forms. This is a game changer, and we've been using it for a long time. And I think we're actually going to do a live build here on perpetual traffic, which is really cool. And then there's another whole database that nobody even knows about. Meta doesn't even know about it, but Lauren found it. And we're going to be talking about that after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing 
his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back with Lauren Petrullo. Uh, we will leave links in the show notes for a previous episode so you can truly decide whether or not she is funnier than Cossum. I think she is in some episodes, but Cossum is regularly funny. So Here's you're the, episodically funny. funny. Like, I'm not a comedian. I don't know why that's the level of analysis upon yeah, which we're fighting you, this, but Lauren came out swinging, and so here I am defending myself. You want to be a comedian, though. You've already told me this. You I've made soft want. attempts at stand-up comedy. It is not. Oh. Yeah, stand-up and improv. Both of which I feel okay. that miserably. Things that you I don't know about. I am in improv classes. I know. Um, you went to an improv show, I think, like the day before you came to my house. Yes, and I have another show next month. Not really. And strangers that I was funny. My husband didn't, but people I didn't know did. His opinion matters. You know, I'm off the I think that's actually problematic. I think for a marriage because I chose my wife based upon the fact that she's attractive and smart. But the third part is that she laughs at all my jokes. She thinks I'm funny, even if I'm not. Like that is the key to a great marriage. And I've told my kids that. Marry someone who laughs at your jokes. Because plenty of times we've been like around a dinner table, I'll say something I think kind of funny. She's spitting out the spaghetti or whatever it is, laughing so hard. And everybody else is like, what the hell? You just said that it didn't make any sense. So anyway, I digress. Let's talk about smart stuff here, smart and funny. <laughs> Lauren, regale mm -hmm. us with your knowledge of lead ads and instant forms. Like what are these things? I know people probably tried lead ads a long time ago and they probably said, yeah. the problem with lead ads is what? They are bad quality leads. Correct. It's high volume and bad quality. Because your email that you signed up for Meta or Facebook or Instagram, whenever it was way back when, is probably not the email that you're using now, right? That's like the mm -hmm. big knock. However, they've made some improvements. Yeah. Well, people didn't remember signing up for something because it was so quick and easy. I think this came out in like 2016, 2017. Lead forms like have been around for so long. Yeah. And they would sign up. You already had your pre-filled form fields. So you only had to click yes or submit. And then the provider had your contact information. And then you'd make a call like, oh, I don't remember filling out this form on Facebook. What? And so there's a disconnect between what the offer was and why you got the information. So a landing page lead form would win out in terms of quality because it, before they would submit a lead, they'd have so much more information than whatever your ad previously said. So yeah, if you've tried it before, it has drastically improved. Yeah. 
Yeah. And for lead gen, like we're using it right now for a number of our franchise clients. It's working fabulously well. Kobe was on here a while back talking about it. So we'll leave a link in the show notes to that. But this is like the updated version with even some enhancements. And the enhancements are constantly making this even more effective. So the old objection, which is counterintuitive when you really think, oh, it makes conversions so easy, was the (laughs) knock against it because it was too easy and then people would forget or the quality wasn't that great. But that's drastically changed. So maybe take us through a screen share here, like what it's all about. And even maybe we can actually do one sort of on screen here. If you haven't revisited this in a while, it's definitely something that you want to look at. And there's more enhancements coming down the line. We just got an email from Mm -hmm. our partner manager that there's going to be even more forms. There's a greater ability to be able to, yeah, more options than there are even right now and more visual. So there's some things that are really cool here. So take it away. Yeah. Full disclosure, why we started getting into this was because we could see how much money Meta had been pulling into lead forms. We knew that they had made a significant investment after, if you're watching it on YouTube, this is just proof, putting it out there. Everyone can see. We're going to build a lead Uh, form in person. But yeah, so they've been investing in this platform and improving lead forms since 2021. They were going to do a lot more in 2020. In the pandemic, they shifted resources to do more social commerce stuff. And so they've picked it back up. And with these lead forms, you have the ability to make any questions you want. You have the ability to have conditional-based questions. And then at the end screen... You can provide them the chance to call you directly, go to a website, or look at an actual asset that they were looking for in exchange. Do they work in the entire meta ecosystem? So Facebook yes. and Instagram? Yes. And I remember, and I haven't used lead forms in God knows how long. So when we were using it, you couldn't capture them except via CSV. And I think at one point you could zap them into a CRM. Mm. But now there's maybe more capable capture mechanisms. Yeah, there's definitely direct integrations for a lot of the big CRM providers. And then, of course, you can use Make or Zapier or any other webhook to put it into whatever CRM that doesn't have that direct integration. But also, the second part of this is I'll show you how all that data also lives. I mean, you can always get it from a CSV inside your ads manager. But there's this lead center, which I was showing you all. And I like text you about because I was freaking out. And I was too afraid to tell people because I found no documentation. And it's like makes all these lead forms to me, I think, profoundly better as a lead generation solution for 2024 than most other advertising opportunities. So the lead center is the CRM that you're using, basically. You're not using a third-party CRM. No, it's a secondary one because we're using another CRM or multiple CRMs, depending if it's like an email service provider, because we're not sending emails and all that follow-up. It's just we're using the CRM within Facebook to intrinsically qualify our leads to send that first-party data directly back into our ads so that we can continuously improve the performance of our lead generation campaigns. That's really brilliant. And I'm so sorry to stick on this point, but this part's, I think, important with the CRM integration. If I'm going to use the lead forms, is it instant? Or again, at one point, Facebook was doing like daily batches. Somebody fills out the form. Can I get it to my CRM right away? Because speed to lead is so important for so many industries. I always put the caveat of 15 minutes because if you're using the direct integration, yes, but you're dependent on like the hooks, the web hooks that are connected to it. But we have not seen any Yeah, downtime. the push, the pull, the call. Sure. Okay. All right. And how often do these get flagged for false or misleading information like what you have here this obvious blatant lie like this would get flagged instantly but i would disagree and again if you just go to cosmosm on twitter you will see how untrue that false statement is all right let's build a lead form patrullo 
<laughs> Next subject. <laughs> Moving along. So if you're watching, you should be watching this on perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. The because dudes. the form itself that we're going to be talking about here today is just funny unto its own. It, it makes the case that you might be funnier than Cosm just by the form alone. So and I won't even say what the form is. Dude, we're almost at 1,000 subscribers. We're at 944 subscribers. So if this gets you a comma, mm -hmm. then we a, know for a, a one, fact. One comma club. A comma. The, uh, one comma. One comma. Okay, so on the screen, you get to this. This is the Meta Ads Manager. If you're creating a lead form, you can do this as the conversion type is leads. And so this is in the ad portion where you're creating a lead form. I'll show you how to get to that in a moment. But I just wanted to show, especially Cossum, of why Meta can be better than Google, especially for top of funnel traffic building. Where I love you that can you have do... to have a caveat. Meta can be better for Google in this particular instance, only if I get to carve out the parameters and define the situation. This is why she's a regular guest. Seriously, so we just team up on you. I feel like I have an ally here, a meta ally. Anyway, although I am, I'm platform agnostic, really. Okay, well, if I had to choose one, I'm meta all day. So I am not platform agnostic. Look, they put me in a movie. They published me in a book. I, like, I know, unfazed. you got loyalty but, there. Same I here. I love the people at meta. I really do. So on this screen, you have the ability, when you set this up, you have an image, it's 1200 by 628, if you remember that old time Facebook image, and then you have the opportunity to put a headline. So obviously, I am better than Cossum. And then for what you can put underneath your headline, you have the opportunity to provide more details about what someone is getting in exchange. So maybe you're collecting 21 different tweets where people have publicly declared that Lauren is funnier than Kasim. Or potentially you're getting videos of Kasim's failed improv performance attempts. Whatever that is, you can provide <laughs> We need a live video of that, by the way. Fields. We have to find that somewhere. Anyway. I digress. That's the social proof aspect of this particular yes. lead form. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. And so you could do paragraph or list. That's fine. You have whatever you want to put, like blah, 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 blah. So once you tell everyone, you're giving them a heads up. Wait, what does the list look like? So it's 80 characters, right? Okay. And then it bullet points it for yeah. you. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't go here. Okay. At least you have some integrity. Mm. Better shoes wow. than Cossum. Better hair. So after two bullet points, it starts to truncate. And then is that across all display or in some, oh no, mm. there's different manifestations here. So you can see different previews. I imagine that it's going to truncate to some capacity. So if you were just going to default, the top two are going to be the most important. I have longer intros because we have set a lot of information for tone setting. We're capturing information for high-end property sales or tax we're capturing information for non-medical but medical-ish appointment setting like there's a whole host of different use cases that we're running lead ads for and we haven't seen it truncate in the views and i have an iphone 14. so here's my pro tip we made a mistake i talked about this on another episode we made a mistake in our google ads and the ad you know there's three rows and on row number two we asked a question and on row number three we answered it but those ads mm. ended up being imported in our responsive as well as from our static. People started clicking on the ads that had the question and no answer because they assumed the answer would be on the page. So in this instance, ask a question in row two, knowing that row three might be truncated, and now they have to click see more in order to see the answer on row three, potentially. 
Potentially. Or you'll just have it split up right away. But that could be a really good way to have further engagement clicks within your lead form. So I'm not tracking. And in Ads Manager, you have a lot of data. So you can see if people are going to take steps after the lead form, which is really good. But I haven't seen any engagement here. I can show you a formula that I do to see what is our lead conversion rate from an instant form. But from this, you have paragraph or list to describe. And then you go straight into the questions. And here, what's great about the questions, and that's totally new, is this conditional logic. And where we use that for the use case for Asian Beauty Essentials, we capture email subscribers and we ask them what's their skin type. Because the emails that they get, we have a dynamic content section. So that newsletter email that's about cucumber has specific content related to their skin type. So it feels like a personalized newsletter versus just here's information about cucumber. So you can ask any custom questions you want. You have short answer, multiple choice appointment request options so that you can capture information that where I love these is you don't have to wait for a landing page to be built. You don't have to worry if it's mobile responsive or not. You don't have to worry if the website goes down. Everything lives within the meta ecosystem and you can build it relatively quickly. Like we're taking our time, but this is a 60 second build at best. Not to mention your tracking is perfect because it's all in app. A hundred percent. Well, let me ask you that. Can I just real quick, just again, playing devil's advocate, iOS 14 update asks or allow the app to track. Is that setting specifically for offsite links or does that setting inhibit tracking in-app as well? This is a good question because of what's happening with Europe and a few states in the United States where there's different tracking arrangements and data privacy. And like, I'm obviously not a lawyer, but in theory, it's to stop everything outside of the platform, which is why Meta invested so heavily of keeping it in-app. Yeah. So in-app, it really is 100% picture perfect, no attribution issue whatsoever, which is huge value. Because you're collecting in Meta delivered in meta and then you're tracking and you can see the crm within meta which i assume is from their customer acquisition that they've just introduced it into the business suite which i'll show in a little bit but all this information you get all the answers live in the contact card and if you use a webhook like make or zapier or you have the direct integration you have that same these questions live in custom fields in your crm both in Meta and another one if you're using additional CRMs or Google Sheets or wherever you're keeping track of this data. Because while this is amazing, it takes you away from being dependent on pixel updates or like if pixels go away, which is my assumption that they won't exist next year. Like to me, this shows every use case of why Meta is getting ready for the pixel apocalypse of it not existing or having to update your custom conversions or having to do server side, all these pieces, this protects you from those various tech giants interrupting your meta advertising. But it also allows you to get all the information you need in meta, but you have to make sure you keep it somewhere else. Because what happens if you go into meta jail or your page gets banned or everything like that, put everything in one basket. You just, I really recommend that you have a second CRM or even a Google sheet of all this information. Can we just talk for a moment about how the meta proponent just acknowledged the massive danger in meta and then used a Google Mm. product as the backdrop and safeguard? Continue, Lord. Go ahead. Great one to Cosmo. I'll concede on that one. Keep going with your Stockholm Syndrome presentation, please. Microsoft Excel. I think you downloaded it too. That's what you do. Oh, no way. Where is that Excel file in the cloud? So we're using conditional logic. So we have a client that's a travel agent and they have very specific packages. And so when we ask which event are you most interested in? So your conditional question is how much better is Lauren than Kasim? 
you have them to create a new question, or you can have it go to submit a lead form, which gives you a different end page. And so it may not make a lot of sense right now, but I'll show you in this use case. No, that does make sense. So each question has a custom thank you page. So yeah, got it. If I have dry skin, I go to dry skin page. If I have oily skin, I go to oily skin page. Yep. 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 And is that a page offsite URL or is that just a new frame yeah. in, okay, I'll just stop and interrupt. It's a new frame and you have the option to have a new frame where it can be a call directly. So you have a click to dial, especially if you're on mobile, you have a file that you can upload. So if you want to deliver a lead magnet or an actual asset, or you can have them straight go to a website. This button click is trackable and you can see that within your ads manager. So you can see this is your outbound click. Because if you take them off of Meta because you're downloading an asset or you're taking them to a different thing, you'll be able to track and see what percentage of people who complete your form take the next steps in your thank you page journey. Might be a little out of sequence here, but are you going to address that final button? Like if you're going through all this, what are your recommendations for that final button? What is that destination URL? Mm, Whatever's most relevant. Right. Because okay. if you're giving someone, let's say, like the Uverse Google challenge that you ran, you might say in your final screen, you ask them, hey, maybe your custom questions are, are you currently or have you ever run Google Ads before? What's the most amount you have ever managed on a Google Ads account? And you're collecting that information. So those are custom. Then you have your pre-fill, right? So you can get all this demographic information, which is interesting here is for foreigners. But you have these pieces that are pre-filled that Meta already has on you. And we know first name, last name, phone number, demographic information, if you need it, like date of birth, we're going to do one for a whiskey brand and be able to just get people to see if they want to know when this new flavor is launching. So we'll have a date of birth to confirm that they're over 21. And then we can build different end screens and different experiences based off of that. But you have first your custom questions, then you have your pre-fill questions. So stuff that Meta already has that same at the beginning, one click and done, you don't need to type it in, you can edit it in case you want to change your name from Cossum to Lauren Petrullo because you've already accepted that she's infinitely better than you know our half Pakistani friend, but you can edit that as you see fit. After that, you have your privacy policy, so you need to add your URL. Sometimes we'll do custom disclaimers. You don't have to, but you can depending on what industry you're in. And then you have this end page. So that final one where you can have multiple different end pages based off of conditional questions to provide some of the most relevant user experience based off of what they provided. So if Cosm had someone that signed up for Uverse Challenge, Uverse Google Challenge, and they said that they've never run Google Ads before, maybe he's not selling them a VIP, but he's selling them like, hey, here's a $7 like mini worksheet that will help you understand a lot of it because this class is a masterclass on Uverse's Google and all the things you can do. And if you're new to it, here's your cheat sheet so you can follow along. And then if they say they're managing over a certain amount, you can send them to the VIP section because they're more qualified. So having that conditional logic gives you a better experience than 95% of all landing pages that we audit on any accounts because they're not doing this. Just out of curiosity, is this happening in a light box or is this happening within the frame in the normal Mm. feed? I can't speak to it across all platforms, but it's opening up the normal. Fr- it's like, no, I guess it would be a light box to that. Sorry. I'm like answering that question and I'm changing my no, opinion based off of it. It's hard to think about it when you're in it. I'm just curious as to how much of a visual change the user goes through. So I click on whatever the ad is. It pops mm-hmm. this light box. I can tell I'm still in app though, obviously. I walk through yep. this process, hit the thank you page. And then at the end, is there like, is that X in the top right hand corner? 
what I click on to close the thank you page. And it, within the thank you page, is there an opportunity to send me? Oh, it looks like there is. Link. Got it. You have this button here. So this you couldn't do before. You couldn't edit what the button said. And you couldn't edit what your options were. You only could do a website. But here, look, you can call the business. You can view the file and upload an asset. Or you can go straight to the website. You have this. Yes, there is an X. So you can exit out of it. And it takes you immediately back into Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're browsing in. Or you can do this as an outbound link and continue to go deeper into the next step. So that could be a calendar appointment or that can be whatever next pieces you have in your lead acquisition funnel. And when you say view file, you also get data on file downloads? You will get that as outbound clicks. So you'll see the Mm. number of people that clicked an outbound click. So we track it. We have a daily tracker where we'll go in and we'll see how many leads, we'll see how many unique outbound clicks, and we'll see how many link clicks. Because link clicks are the button. So it's hitting the button that's your intended destination. And so for this, this is a lead ad. So I'm going to exit out of this and show you where this button is. So this sign up, if you're clicking on this ad, I'll zoom in because this is small. And we all want to see beautiful Ralph's face. Ralph Burns, the action hero. Yeah. AI generated Ralph. Advertising Asian beauty essentials, of course, which is, you know, I'm a huge sponsor of them. Well, if you're looking at your YouTube video, Ralph, and you're looking at Asian beauty essentials product user, Ralph, you'll say, oh my gosh, yes. Wow. I will buy more. Wow. What a big improvement that is. So click on the ad, pop the, and all ads work for this. You can use carousels, videos, anything in the meta ecosystem. We're not using any carousels. We're just using single images, but you have the ability to do it. I don't want to distract someone necessarily because I want to give more information on the sign up. The only thing is like, because it's a lead form, you can't carry the pixel ID to carry the social proof. Meta says that you can, and then it will carry it over and it has this adaption. I've seen documentation where they say that's true, but I haven't seen it in reality. Wait, I didn't didn't understand any of that problem. Hmm. You can't carry the pixel ID to carry the social proof? Post ID. Post ID. So when you launch an ad, you can use that same ad in other campaigns so that even if you're doing like a warm campaign and a cold campaign and you're using one ad, you want that same post ID to be the same ad. So also, social proof rolls up. You can't do that with forms because it's connected to a form. So it's a unique ad in and of itself, unique entity. But you can use the same form that you've created, label it. Oh, 100%. For, yeah, that's, but it's not the same, yep. same form. It's just the form, but it's not the same ad. Like this is pretty Correct. cool. This is the type of yeah. thing you'd build a whole business around. This is like, you know, in the oh. drill versus whole world, this is one of those drills that makes you want to go find the need for a hole. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is it becomes sort of a, a mini quiz funnel. Yeah. Really? A hundred percent. You is, can build it that way. It is so great. Like for the lawn care client, we talk about the size of their yard and what fertilizers they've used in the past. What's their problem? Is it dandelions or is it crabgrass? By the time they go all the way through. And in that case, it's a click to call for an appointment. You know so much about these people. It's crazy good. And obviously you can, I mean, the more forms that you put in there, more form fields, potentially the lower potential conversion rates, but the higher the quality, really. So you have to strike that balance. Where that balance is, I think it's all about the testing, correct? We send leads to call centers. And for years, we'd have these hot tally clients that are like, I don't want to call my Facebook leads because they're bad. They're not answering. Whatever. So now we can say, what are you most looking forward to doing when you arrive in Orlando for your vacation? What destinations do you want to go on your next cruise? So then you can target it based on Alaska cruises, Hawaii cruises, Caribbean cruises. Like you get all that extra information that a call center or 
appointments that are has where that's better Gold. than most Google leads will come in because you're not asking this much detailed information in your forms because it makes it more expensive. But why I love this, why I think this is like going to be a huge paradigm shift in how we're using meta ads with the information in place is because we're getting leads at a fraction of other channels, their top of funnel, mid funnel, all that jazz. And because they're not leaving app, they're not abandoning because the page is too slow. It doesn't work on whatever device they're on. It's not optimized. Everything is within the meta ecosystem. The costs are controlled and you can see it super clearly. Like we have leads as low as like 80 cents where we're asking intricate questions about women and their menopausal health. Right. Right. So if you have a landing page, like you're in a lead generation business where the initial transaction is an exchange of information, name, email, mm -hmm. lead, call, whatever it happens to be, and you're running traditional click off platform in order to go to a landing page or a click funnels page or whatever it happens to be, keep those running for sure. The question really is, is the quality and the cost. So well, like, where is that balance? Because at a point, because there's so many different form fields that you can use to qualify, there's going to be too many form fields, and then there's going to be not enough. And this is the kind of thing where you have to test, I'm sure, versus your control. If you're running lead ads right now, if you're running any sort of lead generation right now, that would be your comparator. And if you're getting $5 leads, and they're pretty good versus 80 cent leads, and they're pretty good like the same level of quality, like you have figured out something here that could transform your business potentially is really the bottom line. But you do have to test it versus a control yeah. for sure. Think of how much faster it is to change your one question here totally. than it is to change it on a lead form on a page that maybe the form name changes and then it breaks your ESP because you have all those pieces. It's agnostic to a developer. You, the business owner, can jump in and just create a new one and call it a day. Or your media buyer can do this. You don't need your oh, dev yes. person, your landing page specialist. Like your media buyer should be able to do this in real time. Yep. And yep. you can see an, at which stage and going into the analytics, you don't have to show it on screen. You can see where they're dropping off to. Is it based on clicks or is there deeper analytics in here that they've developed, I would imagine, or is it like you're looking at pure conversions? Like how do you sort of measure if I have too many forms, not enough forms, all that? So you have your control and assume the control is everyone's using their existing web pages. Then you can just see straight up, is there a cheaper cost to doing an instant lead form versus your control? And then adding more to add a higher quality of it. But I'm just going to tell you, like I'm looking at one of the accounts. So in this conversion. And so it's like, how many people clicked on this, which is an outbound click. So the number of outbound clicks against the number of people that hit a form submission with six questions is 76.1%. So you're still having a small drop off, but you have just over 20%. Let me do bad math. Just over 20% of people that are not completing the form because we're Excellent. asking so many questions. But Got you it. can compare that against how many landing page views you have versus how many form submissions. And I don't know many pages that are doing over 70% consistent conversion with six in-depth questions. Pretty darn good. Well, and it settles the site speed issue too. It totally does. And the biggest issue with ClickFunnels and high level is better, but it still has this problem is depending on the device, especially or the user's bandwidth or where they are, their internet speed. Site speed is, I think, the single biggest problem from a CRO perspective, period, full stop. And nobody talks about it or adjusts it. But when you improve site speed, even by you know, a fraction of a second, it improves conversion. And this, of course, because it's like a Java pop, and I'm using words I don't understand, but you know what I mean? Like Lightbox, self-contained, it all, I imagine if it works the way it lead forms have always works, it happens instantly, right? Like there's no loading on a per frame, per question basis. 
Nope. None whatsoever. And the other component is like, what's a really important piece is that end frame. If you remember where you have the call website or sorry, view website, call phone number, download file. For this, we're getting a quarter of a percent. So that's not a high number, but you have a quarter of a percent that are taking the next step and going into, hey, just view the website. The one I'm looking at, there's nothing sexy about why someone would take the next step in the funnel, but you're still able to track how many people go beyond the lead form and take the next step into that journey. So in that you first Google challenge, it's going to the $7. Here's that like, cheat sheet worksheet for you to use in the challenge if you're too new to Google. Or here's the VIP offer if this is really something where you'll get even more value with personalized feedback after each day. You can track that stuff. It's just you can look at that as the way we do that. We call it lead page conversion for the end screen. So then we just measure the number of outbound clicks against the number of leads submitted. And the way we do the lead conversion is where we track the number of this is link clicks against leads. And I'm saying a lot of words. Those are so many words. Can yeah. I give you a tip That's your... on getting people from the form to the page? We, mm. This isn't the exact thing, but I think it would segue perfectly. We have tested quite literally hundreds of variations and manifestations of thank you pages to get people to continue in the funnel. So you mm-hmm. go to form on a page, you land on a thank you page. How do I get you to keep going? And mm-hmm. I've tried done this with myself. I've done this with my clients. The phrase or the words that work the best, and there wasn't a close second, is want to go faster. Mm. Want to go faster. That was the thing that really spawned like, yeah, actually I do. I want to go fast. So there's a whole different world of mm. directions that you can take that. But that was the one that really, and it was across industries. It works for a bunch of our different clients. You put on the thank you page, hey, do you want to go faster? And then the call to action is whatever would make this go faster. Fill out this form, do this intake, schedule this call, whatever, buy this thing. Yeah. But yeah, you could use that here too, assuming that it fits on the form. They used to have stronger character limits on what can fit on that button. What's nice is though that now it stacks. So before you had 16 characters, if I remember like five, six years ago, but you can do these longer intricate ones because the button just gets bigger. Ah, mm. uh, This so, is cool. Great. I now, like it. All right. So super interesting here. Like I said, definitely check it out over on your YouTube channel, professionaltraffic.com forward slash YouTube. The reason why I'm plugging that is because you got to see this as we kind of go through and... The form itself is just worth looking at Custom's reaction on YouTube. We're going to have you back for a second part of this to get into this other part of lead ads, which is this whole idea about lead center. And nobody really knows anything about it, how you use it, what it's used for. And we're going to get your insights on part two of this on our next show. So Lauren Petrullo, thank you so much for coming on and further cemented the fact that you are the co-host in waiting here. Kassam has already admitted that fact. So with all this juicy goodness here, and if you're a director of marketing or VP of marketing, and you're like, this is way over your head, just send this to your team and have them go to the YouTube channel and figure out how to do it for you. This is not necessarily for you. This is for them to do because this is a game changer. And this whole idea of creating a lead form on Facebook, on the meta platforms has drastically improved um, from its first inception. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us here today. Part two will be coming up soon. Of course, Lauren, where can people get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out to you uh, personally on the socials or your website? Where do they get Uh, you? Mongoosemedia.us or Lauren E. Petrullo on all the socials. What's the E stand for? Fabulous. Elizabeth. Energetic. Excellent. Efficiently more, better than awesome. Eloquent. 
Not valid. Eloquent. Erudite. All right. Well, enough, enough of the 25 cent words here. Make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. And don't forget to leave an honest review for a chance to get a TNC ticket, a value of $2,500. That is a big, big deal, Kasim, because he doesn't want any of his people to go to TNC and see him on stage. We're giving that ticket to you, the PT listener, in exchange for a hopefully good review. <laughs> and make sure that even if you don't want to enter into that contest, you leave a rating wherever you are listening. Follow us over on the Twitters and the socials. At Qasem Aslam is everywhere on every social known to mankind. Uh, get me mostly on LinkedIn, which is my sort of uh, social of choice these days. Go back and listen to previous episodes. Of course, subscribe at our YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. All resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasem Aslam, until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 